Welcome to episode three of No Known Associates. Today, joining me is the beautiful Sierra Cole and this fucking wannabe trucker, Neo. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Thank you. He thought I was the beautiful one. So episode three, um, I had Neo on before, but we kind of fucked it up. So we had to re-record <laughs> it. And um, I don't know. I wasn't enjoying looking into both of our ears the entire time we were recording. So um, now we're going to do it again. And we added C, which is great. Yay. Yay, C. Jesus. Yeah. So um, the first thing that comes to mind... You know, I think, I mean, we're leaving West Palm Beach. I was hoping to tell you in this moment, and then David fucking ruined it. Um, I was really bummed about that. But at the same time, it was very selfish of me to withhold the information to try to capture raw emotion on camera or audio. Honestly, yeah, I think I would have been pretty pissed. I don't know if that would have been good for... I guess a podcast. I know, I know. And unfortunately, he yes, to, we're leaving. He had to go through the stages. Yeah. Denial. Anger. Yeah, he anger. did deny it. And I don't I, know I if didn't it was anger. Him. I thought it was a joke. But then real quick, he went back to doing like deadlifts or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, in honor of us leaving Florida, just one of the worst states in the country, at least the ones I've been to. I'm sure there's lots of other comparable, you know, terrible in a different way. Like, I imagine West Virginia to be, like, pretty terrible. Isn't West Virginia part of, like, the three points or something like that? It's, like, the biggest uh, narcotic. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure there's more, like, I forget the number, but there's, like, more prescriptions for opioids than there are people in the state, which yeah, is probably I think it's like somewhere of, up to like eighty five thousand. If I remember reading something, it's like something a month is yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah, so that's the kind of state uh, West Virginia is, but Florida, <laughs> um, you know, not great. And I was thinking about this on my drive home from work today, and there's this guy, this homeless guy. I've seen him literally. Since I got my car, I've seen him. Um, so like the past year, year and a half. And I mean, I don't know his name. I call him Big Dusty. Um, although oh, Dusty. Yeah. I know exactly. You know who I'm talking, talking about? I know exactly. Who he does this. Did he get a haircut? Yeah, he gets haircuts. He's he also haircuts. big is no longer really like an adequate name for him because he's not that big he's anymore. Like skin he used to be fat, but really... 
homelessness and uh, crack street life. Yeah, crack. Yeah, you know, like the, the stem fast diet has just taken its toll. And, um, you know, now he's kind of a little dusty, but <laughs> he does this move. He, he will just walk into the middle of the street, like right around Palm Beach Lakes in Australia. Oh. And he goes, Dusty, he doesn't say anything. That guy. He's kind of got this blondish, dirty hair. Um, he has some sort of facial hair. I've never heard him speak, but he just he just does this. And he's out there every day. He's hustling. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about now. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing, you know, you get in West Palm Beach. Like, you know, any street you're driving on, there could be some homeless people. There's another guy on Palm Beach Lakes that I see all the time. He wears like... It's not Nushanka, like one of the Russian hats, but it is one of those hats. It's like a leather top and it comes down like, okay. you know, over the ears. There's mm-hmm. some fur involved. Kind of like an old school pilot type Yeah, thing. yeah. Like you would see him in like a sidecar of a motorcycle with okay. some goggles on. Yeah. And this dude's out there. I don't see him after probably 3 p.m. But during the day, starting at 9 a.m., he's out there. He's got his brown paper bag. He's got some sort of, you know, liquid inside the brown paper bag, and he's out there by that. I don't know what that gas station is. I know it's Sketch. Um, oh, the the one right next to Hooks. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, the one yeah. Right across from Elegant. Is that the one you're talking about, or further down by Hooks? No, not um, not like uh, okay, yeah, not the Valero, but I'm talking There's about the yeah, the one, one by right hooks. hooks. Yeah, yeah, it's like red. That I don't block know the name. Hot, my friend. I've never seen. It's literally it's on the corner of Tamarind and Palm Beach yeah. Lakes, and it's like I don't think I, I've ever seen anybody like get gas there. They just like post up there. Yeah, I just saw a post on Facebook the other day. It was um, like it was like a national post about like how everyone has to visit Tamarind Ave in West Palm Beach. And it was like all these amazing photos. It was almost like carnivals and all this stuff. And all these people who are actually from the area were commenting on it. Like mm. anyone knows, like I'm not stepping foot near yeah. Tamarind have. Yeah. I mean, uh, so there's that guy. There's also this other guy. I'm not sure if he's homeless <clears throat> or really what he does, but I see him out on my way, like on my way to work every morning. He's kind of a, hmm. I'm not really sure what's going on with him. He's chubby, uh, black dude. Uh, he has some oddly proportioned limbs. Like, he's not small enough to be an LP, but, like, okay. he has some tendencies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have a phobia of that. Yeah, he's got um, some a few a few tendencies. And, and he always has this um, kind of selfie stick type thing, but it's, like, attached to his chest. Oh, he's got a and he'll be out thing? just like dancing. Oh damn! Yeah, he's often seen wearing like full Tommy Hilfiger, like red, white, and blue. You know, matching. You draped out in that Tommy. Oh yeah! Damn, yeah, yeah. bro. He also worked at that barbecue place for. I definitely saw him holding a sign for that McRae's barbecue. <laughs> okay. Dancing, right. you know. So, perfect- so he's employed. I don't think anymore. Like, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, if you're dripped in Tommy, you got to make sure you're fully employed. Yeah. I don't know what this guy does. He doesn't even beg for money. He just is out there dancing. Like, you know, sometimes I think, uh, you know, I'll try to create narratives. Maybe he escaped from the psych ward and he just hasn't gone back. Checks out. But it's been a year, you know, like another (laughs) thing I think of is like, 
he just lives at mom's or grandma's and and like he doesn't need to work and he just you know is trying to enjoy life just out there dancing. Plot, plot twist he is mccray from mccray's barbecue oh wow yeah he's <laughs> he's joseph mccray yeah the third yeah he's he yeah, he's that's how he's just out there observing. He's out there. He's like the undercover boss. Yes. He, he's just like, you know, he's got his head on a swivel. Wow. I didn't consider that. I also try to think about what music he's listening to. Like, is he listening to rap? Is he listening to like Beyonce? Is he listening to maybe he's listening to country music? What if I don't he's know. like listening to like obscure scores from like movies? Yeah. You know, some like Tim Heckler or something. Or like um or tim hecker whatever his name is you ever listen to vaporwave you know it's like vaporwave yeah it's like elevator music remix Ooh, little edits yeah <laughs> yeah damn yeah classic um so yeah i mean you know that's west palm beach for you like you know if you get to know the homeless people and you start naming them like uh that's probably not good and <laughs> they're <laughs> There's clearly not resources out there to help these poor people. Um, but, you know, that's just one problem. The other problem is, like, you know, when we're at work, you ever drive up and down uh, Broadway, I mean, there's dudes jumping in the backs of trucks to go do some day labor. Yep. There, That BP is popping. It's like a one-stop shop. Yeah. You could get work there. You could cash your paycheck there. You could buy some Jamaican beef patties there. You could also buy scratch tickets. That's obviously essential. I've actually been looking for a new uh, store for Jamaican beef patties, so thank you. Yeah, I, I don't think know that they're good. You can also buy some Ladies of the Night as ladies well. Of the Add night. the BP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're joking. I'm not. Uh, wow. Yeah. What I'm have sure I, what you have could. I been if... doing this entire year? I don't know. They, I mean... <laughs> Dude, I've seen some. Mm, I don't know if you call them ladies of the night. I've seen <laughs> something. some sort of humanoid creatures out there. Like, it's funny too. If you catch them in the morning, like on my way to work, they're leaving one of those motels and they're wearing like what they perceive as like fancy attire, you know? Like, ooh, I'm going on a date. I'm going to make some money. But it's like. It's like multicolored fishnets no yeah that yeah like neon colored like weird dress that comes over the shoulder and like oh dude that's the look right there there was one time i was driving this kid um down broadway and it was early in the morning i was taking him to a job interview i think and uh so we're driving north on broadway and i'm looking down the street i'm like what is that Right out front of one of the motels, Queen Bridge or whatever, you know, Seagate. There's, you know, a bunch of classy establishments. And um, so I'm looking and I'm like, what is that? It is literally just a naked woman. (laughs) She's holding like a pillowcase covering her breasts and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. And I was like, that seems odd at at 830 in the morning, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God, someone just died. Jeez. No, right? No, you weren't with me. No, but I'm. Saying- no, that is what happened. Though so uh-huh. I came back and there was thirteen cop cars outside this motel. Like I don't know what happened, but she obviously saw it first, and then the cops showed up. I'm not sure why she was naked or like why she didn't, you know, put clothes on before running into the street. But I mean, yeah. I always will say until you're in a position, you never know how you're gonna act. 
I don't know if I saw a murder, if the first thing I'd be like is, oh, shit, like, let me throw on my, my outfit and then go outside and cry for help. I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of like know. a baseline standard of, like, you know. You don't know. You don't know what she's been through. That's yeah, true. I don't know what she's <laughs> been through, I'll take but, that. you know, you could check the pulse. I mean, if no pulse, you could probably throw some clothes on. There's obviously yeah, no rush, you know. Put on an old hoodie. All right, if um, I get murdered and you witness it, if you take the time to get fully dressed before <laughs> getting help, I swear to God, the ghost outside of my body would want to strangle you. <laughs> Let Jeez. me call the police. Wait, hold on. I'm <laughs> Should I rock the... <laughs> Rock the Supreme. <laughs> That's another thing in Florida. You notice how, like, if anything happens, there's like 30 cop cars that come and like four ambulances, a yeah, fire truck. I, I've noticed that for sure. There'll be someone who like dinged someone in the back of their someone's car on the highway and they'll block off like half of it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'll be real. I don't think I feel comfortable living in West Palm. I feel like anytime I go outside, if I make a left turn, I'm in. Like a gentrified area or like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. You could turn down and it could be million dollar houses or you could turn down and it could be. Yeah, I don't uh, feel. Dude sitting weird. on coolers outside of like sketchy brick apartments and like uh, everyone's riding dirt bikes and popping yeah. wheelies. I mean, with L.A., you have all of like you have areas you can't go and areas you can go. And it's like maybe like a 10 mile radius. So like out here, it's literally left, right, left. I'm wherever. Well, you literally have like City Place or what's what Rosemary Square now. Mm-hmm. You literally go a couple blocks down, and you're in horrible areas. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of problems with the uh, Florida. Also, these fake ass hurricanes that they always say are gonna come and they don't come. I got problems with that. <laughs> I'm trying to go to a hurricane party. I've heard these things are yapping. Hurricane party? Yeah. I've would never be cool. heard of that. I've heard that they just have like a people just party in a house and just wait for the hurricane to settle. It would probably be cool until the power went out and then Well, that's why we got backup generators. It gets hot. That's true. That's Ugh. very true. This this state is always hot. I've noticed that. Yes. And it's the humidity that drives me insane. So our friends, well, her friend, but I'm also friends with them. They, okay, here's what happened. All summer, basically, right? It's been all summer. Wait, wait, Mike. Wait. Yeah, so it's, their air conditioning doesn't work. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. And the obstacle to getting their air conditioning to work is cleaning their apartment so the maintenance guy could come in. Instead, suffering. What? Yeah. Just 80 something degrees in humidity in the house. I can't imagine. I would literally, I can't do it. I can't even do <laughs> like walking outside for a few minutes. The AC is on in our apartment and I'm constantly cleaning it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're telling but, me that they have to pave a way for so the So, what it is, guy? no. So, what it is is that she's in a complex that is um, income restrictive and okay. she's not allowed to have her her boyfriend's not on the lease um and he's not allowed to live there okay so in order that they, they want to call the maintenance guy they're very strict on this stuff like she's almost got in trouble once where like he got kicked out and had to move out now his stuff's all over the place they've got to clean so like she's sounds uh so they have familiar. to yeah so they have to clean the place and she's like we need to clean it up and make it look like you know and, and they have 
they they these places are super strict. They want you to keep it clean. Yeah. They don't want to if they're doing a random check on your apartment or something. They don't want to come in. And there's like clothes everywhere. Yeah, you got of dishes in the sink, and uh, so she just needs to like make it look like he doesn't live there, and then he needs to like not be there when the maintenance guy comes. I don't be know. Hiding. But. Yeah, so their apartment has the, the AC's been busted, and they've just been. And this is one of the like everyone keeps saying this is one of the hottest summers that they've ever seen in Florida. Yeah, people say that every year. Florida's Man, just hot. I just hate Florida. It was it's hot just, last summer. It's hot most of the year. It's like literally from March until October. It's just ungodly. Yeah. Yet I can't stop buying sweaters. I know that's that's I I'm the same a, way. That's a whole another issue. That's all I want is just hoodies and. I mean, you can't wear them. In my walk-in, there's just hoodies, sweaters. Like, I got scarves. I got, like, all these knee-high boots. And I never use them. I mean, I'll wear them inside yeah. the apartment, maybe. Or if it hits, like, the two days in the winter, that hits, like, 60s, yeah. 50s. I'm wearing a sweater right now. I know. That's why I'm so excited for Nashville. We're going to have seasons. Their winters are more mild, though. Like, I mean, I don't think it drops below 20 degrees. I'm not really sure about that. As long as I'm not digging my car out of the snow. Yeah, I get um, that. But I'm, I'm excited for some cold. Is it a seasonal uh, state? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. So uh, I'm going to switch gears. There's something that I've been contemplating. What are your thoughts on teachers? My thoughts are on teachers? Are you pro-teacher or anti-teacher? You like your teachers that you have? To what extent are we talking about? Like, are you saying does like America teachers, need teachers? Like, in a perspective of do you have like beef with school teachers? teachers? Yeah, school teachers. Um, I mean, I had a few teachers. I mean, uh, Miss, are you are we talking about like my second grade teacher, Miss Ragel? I don't know. You're saying is is that a real teacher? Oh God, yeah. Oh, you. This is some, something's bitch. about to come out. Why? Well, what I mean, I okay. So I had a humming problem in school. I like would continuously hum and I wouldn't stop. So she put a recorder on my desk and she recorded everything that I would do and like my humming. And then she would play it for me and my parents. And that went on for the entire school year. So uh, it got to that extent where she just needed to, I guess, scold me. I don't know. It was weird. So, what kind of songs were you humming? Just freestyling? I mean, you know, just the basics. Kids Bop? Young Dolph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You know, what year was I'm imagining like kindergarten, first the, grade I mean, this year, is kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. So I, I was probably, I think I was singing like Kid Rock. I don't know. I was listening to Nickelback and Kid Rock when I was in oh, like yeah. second grade. Thank I God think. for Nickelback. Oh, yeah. So RIP. I'm trying to pull up. Um, you know, there's some interesting trend in rap I've noticed that like rappers tend to beef with their teachers. Like well, yeah, they, because they say like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a rapper," and the teachers are like, "No, you're not." And then once they blow up, they're probably like, "Oh, look at me now, Miss Watson Watts." Yeah, but it's like you know what I mean. There's probably cooler people to stun on than your third grade. You know, I don't know if I was teacher. pretty rich. I think I would stun on Miss Ragel. Yeah, I don't even remember any of my teachers. She name. might, she might, she might not be with us anymore. But I would still stun. She was old. Oh, she was old. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got traditional. A point. COVID's probably taking her out. Honestly, if she wasn't out already. I mean, yeah, oh, I think so. Jesus. She was in L.A. Uh, yeah, she was. She was there. She's one. 
One Jeez. of the COVID casualties. Oh, yeah. Facts. Might have been earlier, man. You should <laughs> check the obituary. <laughs> <laughs> you should really. Oh, this is getting dark. You could be talking. Wait, should we look if she's dead? No. Should we confirm? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, do, because you could be talking ill of the dead right now. I mean, she could come back and haunt you. You didn't I, think I of that. I feel like I'm getting haunted 24/7. She could seven, so pop, suddenly, probably, it's suddenly recordings. She could pop up and just start humming in the yeah. middle of the night in your ear. Honestly, probably she's probably like hum hum bitch. So the first example I have of this, this rapper that probably no one knows, Fujiano. Fujiano. The song is called "Ballin' on a Bitch." You know, great. Okay. Strong first line, ho. Yeah, ho, okay. But then, I remember when my teacher said that I won't be shit. Now I'm rich. I can't wait till I see that stupid bitch. <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the first lyric is ho. Ho! How does it start? <laughs> ho. Is it supposed to be like how they're like, DJ Khaled? It's yeah. just like... It's just ho. Ho. Yeah, oh, so I thought that was interesting. You know, like, he's rich. He was just waiting, you know? He's... He leaves third grade. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to show Miss Teagarden what's up, man. I'm going to, once I get rich, I'm going to come back and just flex on her. Uh, my question yeah. is, who, uh, who is this guy? Who's Fujiano? How rich can he be? I mean. I've never heard of Fujiano. I would he, say. Does he got a 401k, like, packed up? Like, what are we dealing with? I know he has um, a. Quite expensive piece by Johnny Dang. Well, Johnny he's Dang. got these diamonds the dancing Johnny on Dang. his wrist. Yeah, if you if you have a piece by Johnny Dang, you're at Are you a official? certain level of wealth. I think Johnny Dang's the uh, that, that little like, Asian the little guy Asian with guy, grills. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy. That guy is an ultimate flex. Alpha. He is. Yeah, alpha as you can be. He gets shouted out all the time. All the time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then you know even so. To have that as the chorus, you know, you're going to be saying it a few times. But then to go in your first verse, yeah, I bet my teacher feels stupid. I'm richer than a bitch, ho. <laughs> yeah. It's not even richer than a bitch. It's richer than a bitch, comma, ho. Ho? <laughs> that might be one of his ad-libs. Oh, my ho. God. Ho. Yeah, that's that's a good ho. ad-lib. And so that brings me to my next... Um, Oh, Lil, Lil Tracy. Uh, see, his thing that he does in multiple songs is that, where is it? He basically talks about how he's richer than a teacher, which, again, super weird flex, right? Like, yeah, no, teachers a, make, what, is this like a conspiracy? Is this like a conspiracy yeah, no, where, like, all the teachers are being called out? But oh, dropped out of school, school, but I live better than a teacher. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know what I mean? I mean, it seems like, you know, rappers have monopolized on the teacher phrase. I think Neo had a point. If you, I mean, when your dreams aren't aligned with, it's not like they're in there to teach you to go off and be rappers. Yeah. Or, or to dream in other directions. Like, I never got shit in school because I planned on going to, like, to be, I don't know, I'm going into pharmaceuticals. But if I were to say, like, I'm going to be a rapper, especially if you looked at this. and I, I mean, said, well, you're also looking at traditional, like, older teachers. I mean, if you're in third grade, I would assume that some of the teachers that you've had are ranging in, like, the 50 to 60 mark. 
I so like, they have a different life. They've lived a different life. I like how we're assuming all these resentments these rappers have are from like their third grade teachers. Is that under the assumption that they didn't get past a certain grade? No, <laughs> I mean, no. It could be their I mean, college be professor. Grade. You know. Well, that that's a that's. I'll Shouts get to out that. to my college professor. Didn't believe in me. Yeah. <laughs> After I fucked it up in the middle of our great conversation about rappers hating teachers, um, <laughs> I had other examples. Um, the last one I'll touch on uh, is this one that I just pulled up. Gucci. I mean, the intro. I mean, it goes so hard at teachers. It's Gucci Mane. My teacher said I'm failing math. All this money. How the fuck I'm failing math. Ooh. <laughs> Come on, he rhymed math with math, first of all. Epic. Well, it seems like the whole first, what is that, six lines all rhymes with. Yeah, he repeats it. Yo, I just imagine sometimes some of these things, especially when you're looking at lyrics like this. Yo, you walk up in the booth. Mm. Yo, check out these bars, dog. I'm going to go hard. Gucci Mane has some bars, though. He does have bars, but... He's got bars, and then he's got these types of bars. Yeah. Yo, it's Gucci, man. My teacher said I'm feeling math. All this money, how the fuck I'm feeling math. Mm. You hear me, dog? Just straight ignorant. I always I love it. think about you. You, you. Did you watch Chappelle's show? Yeah, of course. Oh, dude. You remember, Um, I forget what his name was, but he the, one of the little skits was like, he was this rapper, and the whole time he's just like, Yo, dog, turn my headphones up. <laughs> turn my headphones up, man. I can't hear it. And that was just the whole, his whole dial rap. On. No, oh, yeah, dial on, I think too. It was that, like, yeah. But no, a rumble bump. A rumble. <laughs> I remember, too, the part that's so funny is like, he's like, we ain't going platinum. We're going double uranium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, dude, shout out to the rappers, especially Gucci, man. All-time favorite. Um, but I guess... You know, something that we were just talking about, we'll see where this goes, is uh, little Sandman over here uh, is, oh, wants to talk about dreams. Wow. Our dreams. That was a hard transition. Yeah, I mean, how do you, there's Oof. no transition from Gucci Mane saying fuck math. I mean, we could talk about... You said, well, speaking of people who have great dreams, such as Gucci Mane, Alex, tell us about yours. Well, I mean, I just, I was, we were thinking about things to talk about and, you know, I've been dreaming a lot. Really? Intensely dreaming. Like, for instance, I had a dream that I, uh, for better or for worse, I strangled a client and because he was refusing to let me get in my car. Oh, yeah. So, and he was like being smart with me. I think you know who I'm talking about. Yes. And it got to a point where I just remember myself strangling this kid. And it was so vivid because I could like, I, I, the color of the car was like navy blue. Mm. It was, he was backing out. He ended like, I was like looking for my car and I found it. 
And then he ended up in the car backing up and then refusing to get out of the driver's seat, which was weird. Yeah. So did the dream end with you killing him? No, the dream then with me just waking up after strangling him for a few minutes. Oh, you weren't sure if he was dead or not? I don't know. I mean, I hope he wasn't. But, you know, it's just the amount of it's crazy how like your unconscious mind kind of taps into the conscious mind that you're kind of dealing with on like a day to day basis. Like for instance, I have dreams where I, um, like I just go about my day and then I go to sleep and then I like dream about something, uh, that I might've seen at Walgreens or something. Something like a super obscure. Yeah. Something super just random, like maybe laundry detergent. I'll remember the laundry detergent because I'll be like, Whoa, that's weird. That's laundry detergent. Well, uh, like I said, it's funny. I mean, dreams are some of the, I I think is something I would like to know more about. Um, I know a lot of people who sit and they'll like try to like pull apart, like what they mean. But uh, just like you were saying, I had a dream the other night because we're like, I'm kind of on like a new diet thing where I'm like kind of logging calories, not really, but um, just like on an app twice, I just logged a couple of things. And then last night I was really pissed at our dishwasher because of something that was going on with um, the the dish detergent little packet. Yeah. It was two very small parts of my day. Yeah. And then I had a dream about, about it having to log eating dish detergent. Yeah, it's it's intense. I'm I'm reading a book right now called The Man and His Symbols by Dr. Carl Jung and he's mm. like a psychoanalyst that yeah. um studies dreams and all all of that pretty much. And the more I read about this book, the more I notice things in my dreams because I have see, so for dreaming, I can remember the smell, the texture of wherever I am, like the the I can feel the breeze and I can remember this vividly. So I'll, I'll talk about another dream that I had. It was really weird. I had a dream about something with my um, stepfather and his eyes were uh, crying uh, blue blood. Whoa. And it was really weird. And I, I, I don't talk to my stepfather, but right. like it was just one of those weird things that I was just like, what like subconscious, unconscious part tapped into my brain where I'm dreaming this. And I took one of um, my clients to church and the next day, and I'm still thinking about this. I'm constantly like, like what, what was that dream about? Like, cause I like to kind of uh, nitpick like what happened, you know? And this client comes into the car after going to church and he starts singing, um, this song that he, I guess he remembered from like eight years ago. And it said something like eyes blue, like the devil's water. Whoa. And I freaked out. I literally had no idea like where that came from. I asked him, I'm like, what, what was that lyric that you just started like humming? And he was like, Oh, like I remember this, uh, this song that I used to listen to. And it's just like those weird kind of synchronicities that like kind of blow my mind. I don't know. Um, but it was just one of those things where it's just like, all I want to do now is just kind of, uh, have a dream journal and start like writing down all the things that I'm like going through and kind of see where my brain takes it. Yeah. Like, kind of like a pre- preparation. And then after I'll just like 
wake up and then just like write down my dreams. But have you always like been able to like vividly remember dreams or is that something that's Um, developed? I would say it developed when I started um, making DMT in college. Um, Yeah. So my my best friend slash roommate was a um, a biochem major. And then my other uh, best friend was uh, studying to be a lawyer. So we just decided to, you know, have fun and fool around. And I started uh, doing DMT, I guess, like three or four times a day to the point where I would write down everything that I remembered in my uh, trip and started just like kind of going through it and writing like if it affected me in a different way, like long term um effects like kind of things like that and then after that i started just dreaming vividly like Mm. to the point where it's just like i feel like i'm there so i'm jealous man honestly like when you said dreams i was like you know i don't have i can't remember my dreams like I, i the only thing i take away from my dream most of the time is intense stress or fear Like I'll wake up feeling extremely stressed out or anxious or fearful, but I instantly forget what I was dreaming about. I notice though, sometimes, um, I do dream more. Like I, I take a small amount of melatonin every night. The Tonys. Yeah. The Mm. Tonys. So since he started taking those, he started to remember some dreams, right? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, so if I first start taking melatonin, it makes me dream like substantially more than when I'm not on it. And Mm -hmm. then also if I'm taking it and then sometimes on the weekend, like we'll go to bed later and I'll forget to take it. I'll also have dreams. But if I'm not taking it or if I take it every day, I don't really like have dreams that I remember that much, but I have had some in the past that were particularly when I was younger that were like reoccurring dreams that Mm -hmm. I figured had some sort of like meaning or message but I've never really looked into it that much. I mean, it's certainly something that, I mean, I know there's therapists, there's people who keep dream journals, there's, you know, tons of people look into it, but it is kind of a mysterious thing that nobody like fully comprehends. Yeah. I actually uh, was able to ask a question to Alexander Shulgin and he's the um, guy who kind of, synthesized like research chemicals and stuff Uh and i've asked him um if dmt was sort of a bridge or gateway to um your dreams like do you are you able to it 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 ended up uh creating itself into a situation where i was just asking like would i be able to foresee things that happen in the future um through dmt through my dreams yeah and he said that there wasn't enough research behind that but i will transition into another dream that i had um i was in i think i want to say it was like 2013 2014 i had a dream about a guy in a red ferrari and it was raining and i remember the the streets it was sunset and i think la brea and i remembered that dream because I was like, this is just too weird for it to be like coincidental. Like, I don't know, like I'm going to remember it four years later it, it happened. And you could say that, you know, 
in LA, there's a lot of cars and, you know, a lot of Ferraris, Lamborghinis, all that stuff. Right. I remember it raining. I remember the guy's haircut. He was brown with like a shortcut, like collared shirt. And it was literally like precise to that point. And that kind of blew me away. But then I was more interested in like trying to see what I can get out of that. You know, you know, these little like miraculous kind of synchronicities in life are like kind of, I want to say, like a pathway to what you want to do in life or whatever you like. I I consider uh, predetermined. um, What is it called? Fate. Deterministic. Fate, yeah, um, predestined, like, situations. Yeah. Um, I believe that we all have, like, lineages that we follow, and that's how, like, the world moves pretty much. Um, so it, it's just interesting to me knowing that now, um, now that I'm, like, working out more, more healthy, doing those types of things to keep my, uh, my conscious level, like, up i guess i don't really know how to say it but yeah um you know well you have to be in alignment you know what i mean yeah exactly so it's just it's interesting to say the least have you ever done had any uh, lucid dreams yes i always have lucid dreams of me flying and it's not just flying in the air it's me uh uh doing specific angular moves to control the wind to blow me up and I have that all the time. It's crazy. So you're like fully aware that you are dreaming. Yeah. And is I, it like similar to the last airbender? Like you I wish. I mean, you know, honestly, it is. Like if we're talking about the dynamics of it, how like he like how like he controls uses his hands and do it. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty and much then he catches the updraft and just flies around. <laughs> that's like the sickest I ability had ever. This recurring lucid dream when I was younger. And that I could breathe underwater. So, like, I would spend so much time, but it was so weird because it was everything was the exact same as this pool that every summer we'd be at almost every single day. Yeah. So it felt so beyond real that sometimes I questioned the reality of it. And I thought as a kid that when I got into the water, like on a, when I'm not dreaming, that I could hold my breath for forever until I could start breathing underwater. Yeah. But I did at some point realize, like, I'm dreaming in these and I would just it felt like for hours just be swimming underwater just because I was like, I'm dreaming. This is so much fun. I can't do this in real life. Do you, do you notice like the dream crumbling? Like if you, if you're aware of it, do you like see that everything starts falling? Like you can't breathe or like whatever like that. You mean where like you almost, the minute that you realize you're dreaming and you want to hold on to it, but then it just disappears and falls away from you. Yeah, Yeah. That's happened. I've also experienced, um, What's it called? Oh, my gosh. When you're like sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah. I used to actually have that. There was about two years um, of my life when I was a teenager where I would constantly have sleep paralysis. When you wake up, you're half awake, you're half asleep in that area. Everything in the room is as it is, but you just feel that really evil presence. And it's like the hair on your skin is like standing up, like on the back of your neck. And you're so terrified, but you can't mm-hmm. do anything you can't break it until someone or something yeah like shifts or moves I, i'm excited hearing you say that because i've had multiple sleep paralysis issues 
Um, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, um, always caught me crying when I'm sleeping and she would have to literally grab me by the back and lift me up in order for me to like get out of it. But I'm fully aware that I'm asleep and I can't move. Because you're stuck between yeah. you're half asleep and half awake and you're yeah. stuck in this place. And it's, it's really scary. It's like a um, limbo. And I noticed that it happened in a very stressful period of my life. That's usually when, when sleep paralysis is at its worst is super fearful, yeah. super unsure of the future or what was going on. Um, like constant kind of almost like a fear of like what's next and like a, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And that just a lot of family shit going on. Mm -hmm. And I just noticed once that stuff kind of eventually worked itself out, like it, it goes away. Yeah. It stopped. Yeah. So it's crazy how your reality really shifts. I don't know. So that's like, that's another point. It's just like you being stressed out constantly and having these, uh, sleep paralysis situations. It's literally your unconscious mind kind of taking hold. And like, uh, it's, it's kind of a counter effect or like a defense mechanism for your body. I mean, they just li it literally just grabs you and then it either takes control and then you're in this, like this in between. And it's, it's interesting, you know, it's cool to learn more about. Um, I've had some very, uh, weird psychosis like situations happened where my unconscious mind literally took control while I was awake and um, things just became, it felt like a dream, but it was real. And um, it was due to lack of sleep. It was due to uh, me being malnourished, you know, but um, not being able to sleep is a crazy drug. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the body is not meant to not sleep. Like, At all. Your mind breaks down extremely quickly due to lack of sleep. Yeah, it's like, like your your brain is literally shut off, and then it's like, okay, the unconscious or subconscious has to take control to, like, let the conscious mind sleep for a second. Yeah. But well, don't they say that lack of sleep after a certain point is more dangerous in driving than, mm -hmm. than drinking and driving? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a straight fact pulled from Crime Junkies. <laughs> was it? Yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, if you haven't slept in 24 no, hours, it's the equivalent to driving on 0.12 blood alcohol content. Yes, oh, wow. but that that's a fact I've known for No, yeah, years. I mean, and I believe it. It's like you're disoriented. Like yeah. You get tunnel vision. You Your spatial awareness is off. Yeah. Um, and, like, you're also kind of drifting in and out and so like you're you know you're not necessarily holding the wheel as tight as you would and yeah you're just not aware of everything so i didn't sleep for two weeks that's that's the that's fire yeah it was uh it was intense i won't forget it for sure yeah but, sounded uh, like an interesting two weeks man yeah it was like paranoia it was paranoia schizophrenia pretty much all of the uh basic the standard yeah all of the above um yeah, he but, took a little trip to Hades, dude, and floated in the river Styx for two weeks. Oh Straight my God. Uh, lost his mind. Lost my mind. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, um, but it was definitely, um, I will say, after doing the amount of DMT that I've done, um, shrooms, acid, pretty much all that stuff, all of the above, um, I will say that being awake for that long is definitely the craziest like uh 
hallucination. Well, I think it's crazy that uh, drugs can affect your reality, like way past taking them. Like my oh, yeah. uh, my my one brother, um, he was always like a little bit funky, but after he had an acid trip, probably when he was about like sixteen or so, I'm not sure if I'm exactly. I know he was a teenager. Um, something intensified and now he's like diagnosed schizophrenic um and it makes you it makes you wonder if it was if it was there if it was something that was just dormant if something that was affected from this horrible trip that he had yeah um something shifted after that though and uh hasn't exactly been the same since but i don't know i don't know if it attributes to that i mean or not but i just i noticed that yeah so my best friend in high school was um uh we well, we didn't know, but he was uh, bipolar, and we started, you know, uh, experimenting with drugs. And um, I remember the day he kind of clicked, and it went down downhill. Yeah, um, he's been in a mental hospital for like the past like ten, fifteen years, something like that. But yeah, it's just it's crazy because you have to look at this like. Mental health. Mental health. And I don't think, like, we're going back to teachers. I don't think we have enough, like, research on mental health. Not research, but um, proper education education with mental health. Yeah, nobody really. I mean, honestly, until, like, a few years ago, like, maybe 10 years ago, you'd never really heard about mental health that much. At all. Nobody really talked about it. You have a lot more awareness around it now, but we still are so behind. We don't have, like, a lot of facilities. There's been multiple times that my brother was jailed because they didn't know What what to do. And then... Honestly, like sometimes jail seems like a better option than what psych wards have yeah. to offer where you just feel like, I mean, at least how it's portrayed on, on television or what I've seen, it's it's like over medication. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just so difficult when it comes to uh, mental health and medications. We just don't have enough education. We don't have enough resources, um, resources, resources yeah. options available. I to think people. we have a lot of people kind of guessing, trying to find cocktails that work that eventually become ineffective. Yeah. Um, and you're constantly, it's, yeah, bro. it's, it's this generation, honestly. Well, the, the other problem generation. is, is like, you know, it seems now like, and whether it's true or not, maybe it's from everyone being prescribed a million medications at a young age, but like, the the thing right now is like oh i'm depressed you know i'm anxious yeah i'm, I'm this and that uh, it's, you know I'm it's suicidal. social media it's it's yeah. social media it's all the platforms it's all these artists in the entertainment business right um pretty much capitalizing off of being depressed being right. an addict um things like that and i think some people are too young to understand what they're trying to say because realistically they're glorifying drugs for sure and then they just go with the oh i'm depressed or i do this it's lack of motivation really but then it's also it's it's a fine line well i'll just say seventh grade and i was like 13 years old um my family was going through some crap with my brother and I had an emotional response to that. And I ended up like, I've always been super emotional and like sensitive. And I, and I, I tend to be that person who um, lets the pot boil and then suddenly it's all boiling over at once. Yeah. Um, but I was prescribed uh, SSRIs at 13 when like, who knows 
Like Your I was brain just dealing hasn't with even emo- developed. Yeah. I'm just dealing with emotions that, you know, God knows what goes on in preteens. Yeah. Um, and so like so young, I was prescribed that immediately. By the age of 15, 16, I started to have really bad anxiety. It took me, I don't know, five minutes in the doctor's office before he wrote me a prescription for Xanax. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really a big problem. I want to, um, so I don't have many dreams that I can remember. I kind of have the opposite thing, like where you're talking about you have these dreams and then you realize them in reality later. Okay. Like some, so, like, like you a, have like some sort of deja vu yeah. or, or you manifest or you pre predict what's going to happen. I have the opposite effect where I sleep and then I, um, do things while sleeping that I'm unaware of. I'm talking about sleep freaking. You know what I mean? No way. Yeah. Like habitually. And he doesn't. And the first few times I brought it up, I thought he was joking when he didn't remember. He'll, he will remember it if he actually, if we actually start having sex, but he will fully, and I mean, jump up. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like a gradual, it's like fly up. I, I, and then just like on top of me, like assaulting me in the middle of the night. And and I let's get it on. When we first started dating, I was like, okay, this is fun and exciting. At this point, I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted. And I kind of like push him off. And in the morning, you little I'm, horn dog, right? I know. Jesus. But like the thing that's funny about it is that like, like I'll make an angst. attempt. And then even if she obliges, like she always tells me that I then give up and just go back to bed. Like I, like I rarely like go to like. He will get my pants off. He'll be like kissing me or I don't want to get too graphic or whatever. And then he'll just go like, okay, sleep time. And he'll just roll back (laughs) over and he'll fall right back asleep. And meanwhile, he's just like after like dragging me out of my sleep. The female blue balls. I know. The tables have turned. Honestly, I'm like, I roll over. Sometimes it's like kind of a relief because I'm like, I'm just exhausted. It's so weird. And I never remember remember it at all. Ever and he always thinks I'm joking. Oh my god! I have abs- I have zero recollection of it. Sometimes if like we go through the whole deal, I'll have a vague, hazy recollection. Like oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But in general, it's just I'll have no like I- I'll be awake. Obviously, I'm moving around, but I'm just not conscious at all. Like I'm so removed from. I'm just deep in the subconscious. And the that, first time it happened, hilarious. do you remember when I um flew to Philadelphia? to see my family when we first started dating. Yeah. That before I left was the first time that ever happened. Mm. Um, What was going on? What do you mean? I wonder what prompted this. Like, I mean, you had just started sleeping over at my place more often. Mm. Um, So it's not like we were like living together at that point. So maybe it's, it wasn't something that was prompted. Maybe that's something you just do. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I've I never heard of this before. Not allowed to share beds with anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank God you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like call the police. I'm like, I'm being raped. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just wake up in a jail cell. You have no, no idea recollection, what's going on. and I'm oh totally sober. God, no. <laughs> it's aggressive. So, like, really aggressive. Uh, does he um, talk? No, but what he doesn't, he has talked a few times. Does he like grunt? <laughs> no, but what he does like a lot in the night, is, I, I don't know if it's like um, 
He goes. Oh, that's me sucking on you, my binky. Yeah. No, that is. I do that. Thing. Yeah. From uh, sucking on a pacifier. From when he I'll was still do that. It. So he starts what? just. Dude, I love my. I remember thing. I traded my binky for Christmas gifts one year. My parents <laughs> were like, yo, we're, we talked to Santa. He's not coming unless you get rid of this thing. You're seven years old. Fucking get rid of it. And I was like, no. But obviously I wanted, um, I don't know, Thomas the Tank Engine or some fucking Dude, toy. real talk, a binky is like super I, satisfying. I know. I it. think it's funny because I came out of the womb sucking my thumb and my parents around the age of seven or eight had to force me to stop sucking it. What did they do? Put oven mitts on you? No, they just were like, you're getting too old to do this, but I would just sit. Shame. That's what they did. And have, Shame. You. Shame. That's I have the a best. little bit of, I definitely have an, <laughs> parenting 101, shame your children. Oh, geez. It worked really well. I don't have many issues today. <laughs> no, but I mean, I definitely have a little bit of an overbite, mm. I think, from years of, Sucking. Thumb sucking. Yeah, but it's you crazy. Dirty thumb sucker. <laughs> I am. Even now, sometimes when I'm like extremely stressed or emotional, like I'll notice that like sometimes without thinking about it, like my thumb will gravitate towards my mouth. Yeah. So it's funny that we go back to these behaviors we had as children that like soothed us. And that goes back to like the subconscious mind of like what we're holding on to. Yeah. You know? Like, it's crazy. It, it really is interesting, like, things that you can remember or things that you um, gravitate towards and not even knowing it sometimes, you know? Well, we just read uh, the five love languages. Yep. And How was that? Good. Really good. And uh, I think it's great for any relationship. Um, but it's crazy because they talk about how you have these different love languages, and a lot of them – your main ones are probably ones that you were like not given enough of as a child. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so it, it just really it all goes back to like your childhood and how you grow up, and it, and it freaks me the fuck out because it's like I feel like there's no way to not damage your children. Yeah, and like the world we live in today is like you got parenting books, you got all these people who are like only vegan stuff for my children or only this or you know, to the point where it's almost damaging how much you're trying to uh, be the opposite of what it was in the 90s. But I'm like, I, I don't think there's any right way. to parent. There's, no, there's a mean, million wrong ways. Yeah. I mean, like, the right way to parent, you love your kids. You know of what course. I mean? And, and, like, you try your best. Like, that, you can't control everything. This is like a world. You can't control if they get bullied at school or or if you saying I love you and giving them a hug, if that's not what they like needed or that's not how they're comfortable with expressing love. But I mean, you just try your best and you love them and, and you try to have like open communication. I feel like that's really the only way. I mean, I don't have children and I, you know, have no experience with it. But from an unexperienced third party who used to be a child, I would say that <laughs> that's what I wanted, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you also can't like target um what that kid's going to remember right that's but, that's the issue is like what he's going to or he or she's going to grasp onto you know here's the thing like i love my parents to the end of the earth like and i feel like they were amazing parents but i definitely am like a codependent person oh yeah and i don't know if that i mean i slept i in my mother's bed until i was like seven or eight i had like these attachment issues and she coddled me a yeah. lot 
it very much. And I don't know. It comes to the point where like you, yes, love your children and try to do the best for them. But it seems like no matter what you do, like somehow something comes out of it. Like my mom was very much like she gave in to a lot of the things because she thought that's what was the right thing. She thought she was being a bad mother or mean mother if she doesn't like let us have what we want. Yeah. She was also 19 when she got married and she had all four of us by 28. And that's a lot. Um, I think parenting in general for anyone is probably one of the hardest things. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was, it was a little different. Um, my childhood is pretty much going to court every day and, you know, dealing with, I was pretty much the messenger of my parents, you know, going mm. back and forth, back and forth, getting manipulated into saying something to hurt the other one or whatever. You were the pawn or a chess I was the piece. pawn, the chess piece. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it ended up full disclosure, like ended up not seeing my mom for a while. Yeah. Um, and for me, I assumed that going to my father's for full custody, like I would have that motherly um, figure. And I did. My stepmom, she's she's awesome. But I, I didn't realize how much I taught myself um, through going to therapy constantly, going to court constantly, like getting back and forth from police cars, like, cause they had, there had to be two policemen watching as I got traded from my dad to my mom. So that mm. type of damaging like environment really, um, pretty much structured my life, um, till now, you right. know, I had to rely on myself. I had to do things that, um, I only was the sole uh, decision maker in the, in whatever situation. And it was awesome. I don't regret it. I don't um, wish Eating that on a anybody. Sense of, like independence. It was a sense of independence. Yeah, definitely. But it was also just like it will. I mean, I manifested so much anxiety, depression from core beliefs, you know, just like you're, you're worthless. You're not you're not good enough like all these things. And that has been with me, uh, till this day. And I'm, you know, I'm fighting that constantly, Yeah. but it's beautiful because not only did I have these fears or these character defects, but I also had the ability to create. And it was like, kind of, I'm stuck in a box. How do I open this box or, and then I turned the box into a bigger box and then I threw away the box, you know, things like that. And it's been uh, wonderful, you know, being able to, uh, I guess, vocalize what I um, I wish I had to other people because then, you know, they feel more comfortable in telling me how they feel. You know, I'm, I'm all about trying to get to, you know, the groundbreaking, like rough part of a person because yeah. I think that's the, um, it's the interesting part. It's the interesting Where part. The yeah. Is. You know. I feel like when I go on Tinder dates, I feel uncomfortable because I think I, I go, I dissect way too much and then I'm getting to the part and where they end up crying. And then I was like, Oh sh shit, like my bad. Um, I've done it again. I was too emotionally sexy for you. No, <laughs> no. I mean, uh, you know, in general, like the people I consider friends, I know that about them. Like, the rough side, the deep stuff, what they yeah. struggle with. And like the other people that I just encounter through life, I don't know anything. You know, I know, oh, they're from here. Yeah. This is their mom's name. You know, they like this team in sports. So they listen to this music. But I don't like really know like 
the authentic, unique part of them, which comes from or is is crafted by this like complex trauma and hardship and struggles and suffering and and like how you take that and like mold who you are as you're growing up. Yeah, it's also relative to like compared to each individual. Um, you know, they might not feel comfortable in telling you these things um, until you get to know them, trust, right. loyalty, all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's it's interesting because that's my end goal all the time with meeting people. I would love to get to know everything about them. So I, you know, can, you know, open up myself. Right. So, uh, I don't know. Use it as blackmail. I would no, never no, use just... it as blackmail. How dare you? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. I think that comes to our next break. So um, stay tuned, folks. Who is that? Is that like Elmer Fudd? Or <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, it's... Uh, no, it's, it's yeah. a piglet. It's oh, it's yeah, piglet yeah. It's his name, Piglet? That's all, It might be Piglet. That's all, That's all, I do, I do, I do declare. I do, I do. That's the rooster, bro. That guy's a G. Foghorn Leghorn? Straight up from Yo, the south. Yo, that chicken. do declare. That chicken's thick, it's son. Thick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. God damn! Sometimes I'm listening to a beat like that just makes me want to be a rapper. <laughs> Honestly, doesn't being a rapper seem so appealing? Yeah, of course. I mean, just like rap. Is there any life lifestyle like that seems more appealing than being a rapper? Uh, being a fashion designer. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. You think it's better than a rapper? Being oh, hell a yeah. child of Bill Gates. But the things that rappers do, <laughs> dude, being a child of Bill Gates sucks, dude. Yeah, You're only giving them yeah, like 10 mil. <laughs> that's, oh, wait, well, that's weak as fuck. It's like donating like 70% of his. 10 uh, mil is a great place to start to. Yeah, but invest Bill Gates is like what? Fucking 10.5 billion. All right, Jeff Bezos. Let's. Jeff Bezos is going to be the okay. first trillionaire. Or if tr- you have. Say, I don't know what he has. Let's just say Bill Gates has, uh, how do we make this easy? How about let's I just, say he has 10 billion, okay? Right, yeah, and he gives you 10 million. That's point zero zero zero, like zero. Wow. I'm not sure on the math on that, but it's he's got 112.7 billion. So he has a hundred billion, well, and he gives you 10 million. That I, is like he pissed. fucking throws a couple pennies at you as you're yeah, going as I'd he's going pissed. into the grave. I, I, under, I understand being pissed too, but coming from a perspective of like you were born, you've done nothing except be born to a billionaire, and you're set with 10 million. Maybe they did. That's stuff. enough to take care of your life, if you know. But 
It, I mean, it obviously is enough to I take understand care of your being life. pissed. Let's be real. But I mean, if I was the son, I would be like, yo, throw me some stocks. Like, let's be real. Yeah, bro. If I had, if I had like maybe like 2% of the shares of Microsoft or something like that, dude, you're set. Let me get one set. bill, dude. Just one a bill. billion. Just and a quick bill. Jeff Bezos is $192.1 billion. These are their net worth. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, if he Shout continues. Out Jeff, dude. If he continues at this rate, he'll be a freaking trillionaire. <laughs> Uh, according to a report published by Business Insider in 2019, Bezos makes an estimate of $2,489 every second and $149,353 every minute of the day. He literally Bezos makes money. more money than all of us combined in a year while he takes a shit. Yeah. Literally. And you know what's amazing? And that's why so many people were hating on... Uh, was it Jeff Bezos who uh, donated... A like he donated like $80,000 or $100,000, and <laughs> yeah. everyone was so pissed because that's literally like him a millisecond. That's well, like, well, he's like, this is, how much, this is how much of my time that this issue so, is worth. So Jeff Bezos' ex-wife... Um, is now one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, but yeah. she has already declared that she's going to donate 80% of her, um, her net worth. And she's already she's already donated uh, I think a billion to um, funds for the, um, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that. Yo, maybe this bring this is a perfect example. Um, so sometimes I, you know I'm a philanthropist. I consider myself a philanthropist. Okay. I just haven't like I'm, modern Renaissance man. Like whatever before something's a startup, maybe just an idea. I'm an idea philanthropist. I haven't actually helped people. You're the idea guy. Yeah, I come up with ideas. And hopefully someday I can like manifest. So you're an entrepreneur. So here's an idea (laughs) I have. Maybe I can get like some of that Jeff Bezos ex-wife money. You know what I mean? I could pull at her heartstrings. Do a little sleep freaking. I mean, I pitched it to Sierra. (laughs) She was interested. She was definitely interested. I would allow Ryan to have, not even that I can allow something, but I would be okay with Ryan having sex with Jeff Bezos' ex-wife if it meant we got a chunk of that. Well, I no, I don't. Be no, nice. come on. <laughs> okay, sorry. What, were what you does saying? she want with me, man? She doesn't want I, me. We're we're just you never asked her. Just Who, a couple but hypotheticals. You don't know what her type is. We're just hypothetically Yo, speaking, Jeff. If you're listening to this, thank you for the interview today, dog. I don't want anything to do with your ex-wife. Don't, I don't even know <laughs> these people. Not because she's not a lovely person. Maybe I don't know these people. That's why it's called No Known Associates. I don't know who they are. Yeah, we just share a bed. But what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is, if his ex-wife is listening, this is the idea, right? <laughs> What's the hardest thing? All right, say you're an LP. You know what I mean? You know LPs? No. Little peeps? Oh Jesus! Not little peep, but like actual small people, dwarfs. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm lost at where this is going. He's All talking right. about little people. This is my idea for a foundation. Okay. Oh so my you God. know those things? Um. Oh my God! Those no. little those little like no. you hold it no. and it's like a grabber. You know <laughs> oh what I'm saying? My God. I wish I could pull up a photo of this for the. Have you drawn it out? Have you designed it? No, no. I mean, I, well, I would put my label on it. You know what, what I mean? It's like one of those grabbers that like. Yeah. Ching, what are ching, those? Ching, ching, no, you squeeze it. it. Yeah. You squeeze it and it oh like, it's like a claw. Arm. Like one of those litter claws. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my goal, my mission is to 
put one in the hands of every LP yeah. in the world. You know what I mean? Stop every call, LP. Stop calling them LP. I think <laughs> that's kind of so cool. <laughs> like, you know, if there was ever to be it's a so little people up. rapper, bro, he could just be, yo, I'm LP, dog. Oh, my gosh. But, I, you know what I mean? I, I, I How see would they you. function in our kitchen? They need to reach things. They need to use cabinets. Cabinets... I mean, what do they do? They waste all their top cabinets. That's not fair. I mean, we need we to can give get them, them a stair, like an easy stair or whatever those things are. That might not be enough, man. Oh my gosh. You an never easy consider. stair with a grabber? Man. An easy stair with a grabber. Yeah, yeah we're, that would be revolutionary. You could do, you know how like sites, if you have, um, there's like two pieces, but one you don't necessarily need with the other. So if you buy both, you get like a discounted deal Ooh. on them. Oh, a, pack, a bundle. A combo so yeah, bundle. so let's say, it's, let's say it's like $100 for the stool. That's just a random number I'm throwing out there. $100,000 for a stool? No, $100. Oh, $100 for a stool. For the stool. What is a stool made out of marble? It's probably, I'm, I'm just throwing out easy numbers for us. It's okay. Carbon fiber. Carbon fiber stool. So let's say it's $100 for the stool and $100 for the, the grabbers. If you buy them together... $150. Yeah. How could you turn that deal down? You I'm telling now, you right now, if, if if we profit on $150 bundle of a easy stare and a grabber, we would be making money. We would go broke. We would not go broke. No one would invest in this. Well, no one would pay $100 for a grabber. I said I was throwing out easy numbers. I mean, what is grabber? We don't want the people to pay for the grabber. Oh, this we're donating. Oh, yeah, this is these. a share. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no we take the money from rich people. We give them, uh, uh, you know, the grabber and the stool. We put it in every LP's house all around the world. And then... You know, that costs us probably 5 to $25 per household. Okay. What's the percentage? No, of- but then we have How extremely high people? operating costs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, t- it took a lot of brain power, dude. We had to travel through all kinds of places, Bangladesh. No, we, to find like the right materials. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had to go to the source. Oh, my gosh. And it cost us straight a lot of money. Ele- straight so, elephant bone. Yeah. I really do want to be able to think of an idea like the squatty potty. So what the simple. What the fuck is a squatty potty? You like put your feet up so you can shit right. So the, what? So the yeah. idea is that man's like body in shitting position is supposed to be like squatting because that's yeah. Back in the you day, you didn't to sit on a toilet. No, cave times. You would squat to poop. Your body. So the whole idea and the science behind it is that the way your intestines and your gut sit, and when you're in a squatted position. It's supposed to release so you get the best shit. Aren't you in a squatted position when you're on the toilet? So no, you're, not, you're in a no, seated you're position. In like a no 90, shit. You're in a 90 degree angle. So wow. there's a squatty potty that's supposed to be the exact. It's the exact. Uh, so it's not the same as just grabbing a bunch <laughs> of magazines. No, I here's suppose. the idea. In, a, in an acute angular position. Is that you put your feet up on it and, and let it sit like this. And it puts your body into that natural squat position. To give you the ultimate shit. Okay. This has profited. Oh my gosh, how much money? I would have to look that up. It's probably made a lot of money, but that brings me like a really good idea. So not only are we giving them a claw arm and a stool, 
It could also serve as a squatty potty because for them. We, we could make the individual squatty potty like, for little people because their dimensions it. aren't the same as ours. Right. Or unless, or have you ever walked into a kindergarten class and you've like, so I did daycare for a little while. So yeah. the teachers in the would have to use the same bathrooms as the children. And you remember when you were younger, <laughs> they have like those really small toilets. They're yeah. like, you, you're man. <laughs> we couldn't, we could do that. Man, I feel bad. For what makes small toilets too? Yep. Small toilets. So we're talking about squatty. Potties. No, maybe we could just get in like alignment with the people who okay, make the so small well, first toilets. Of all, first of all, let's talk, let's talk brass tacks here. What is the percentage of LP or dwarfs in the world? Probably less than 10,000. And where are they more uh, centralized? <laughs> uh, where are they centralized? Like, uh, where, like, if I had to guess, like, I would say if you use logic, you could say LPs, right? They're probably in little places. What you, is the littlest me? place little places in the United States? It would have to be Rhode Island. Okay, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about bra- I'm talking about legit like like logistics. a country. I'm not even talking about a country. Just like if it, I'm I'm sure they're scattered because it is a what is it considered a uh, genetic, genetic mutation? Genetic mutation. Okay, so it's can we have let's Peter say Dinklage let's say four percent. Let's say I'm sure you think there's four percent of the population is dwarf. That is a very large percentage. That would mean there's more dwarfs than there are like Native Americans. You never know. I mean, you don't. I guess. Okay. 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 Point zero one. Okay. Let's. Okay. Or point zero zero one. So we figure out a way to uh, bring the grabber and the uh, stare to their homes. Stair slash. Stair slash. So yeah. it would have to be a government federal issue because they would have to sign like when they're applying, like on the application to rent or own that they are LPs. Point zero that zero zero one five. No, that's on the high end. They say for every four to 15 out of a hundred thousand births. So it, that's on the, that's if it's 15, if it's four, you've got, Let's see. Okay. Here. Well, Ooh, even smaller. Even smaller. Point no, but point zero uh, zero what's the population point. of the earth? Six billion? Do that. Do that times I six billion. I think it's much higher now. Well, regardless, they would have to sign on the application that they are LP little people. That right. gets sent to our donation fund program. Yeah. Um, where and then we just call call the boys, you know, and they fly right. out there. Who Peach, are the boys? Private jet. Us. We're the boys. Ex-NBA players? ex <laughs> like You don't need ex <laughs> We need the tallest people. We need Yao know, Ming. Yao Ming, where you at? You know who we're going to get for our, spoke, our, our spokesperson? You just have Yao Ming come who? in with, with Peter rapper. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Okay, I honestly don't think Peter Dinklage will get behind this. I think I, he would he would look at it as a... as. Uh, I think that you're jumping to conclusions here that... I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I it's for a good cause, man. <laughs> the fact that I'm going with this is just is ridiculous. I'm flabbergasted. So how this all came about is one night we're in um, our bedroom and I'm talking to him about how some of the comments he makes 
um, are not appropriate and I, I don't agree with. And that's when he was like, what? You don't think it would be like kind of me to start like a charity for and suddenly this and I can't help but to just start laughing hysterically. But at the same time, I'm angry at him. Yeah. And what I'm, other inappropriate things did I say? I do not want to <laughs> say anything. But, on but your go-to charity fund is—that was just an idea. I'm gonna come up. I'm a philant. I'm an <laughs> idea. <laughs> philanthropist. What I was saying though is, I wish my brain worked in like the guy who came up with the squatty potty. Something so simple, so easy. Well, I think and there's so many now. Now it's like. I, I walk into people's houses all the time and they have them. I think there's people that are literally constantly thinking about the next big thing, but they're also looking at it from like a gag like sense too. Like it could also be, Right, it's a viral. It, yeah, it could be something that's viral. QVC could promote it and then instantly um with like elders with their I've money. always wanted to get together a group of like people that I know have interesting ideas and you know like think just tanks. Just get together. No, like you think tank. Yeah. So like sit in a room and we all have different colored post-it notes and you just come up with ideas and you start throwing them up on the walls and then like you just keep generating ideas. You take the ideas and you make other ideas and then you, you know, inevitably sift through them and create a pile of like are there any legitimate ideas maybe there aren't but maybe there are you know yeah i mean if you come up with enough ideas you're going to come up with something unique that could be and i think it's easy enough to get the funding somewhere yeah shark tank yeah oh yeah. shark tank I right mean, there all of our eggs in one basket just kind of we're on shark tank shark tank, shark tank. jeff <laughs> bezos ex-wife Bill Gates, he has to get rid of that hundred and what? How many kids does he have? Honestly, I don't think I want to work. With you want to know kids. another a movie idea I had? What? Okay, so I have a friend, K Rock. Um, he must be a really good friend because I've never heard of him. I've never heard of. K-Rock. Yeah, I haven't talked to him for probably twelve years. So <laughs> we're we're still obviously great friends. Good old K Rock. Um, but oh, okay. K Rock, right? Yeah, his mom. Okay. K-Rock has a mom. She worked at like a preschool or something. Okay. Kindergarten, daycare, summer camp, some sort of child service. All right. (laughs) And uh, way back, there was this thing of like Bill Gates' son or daughter went to school there, right? No shit. So obviously, this is an idea that I was actually going to do. In real life, because it would be crazy. But Just a movie a idea life. is that that's the scenario. And then a couple of knuckleheads kidnap, you know what I mean? Raid a kindergarten and kidnap Bill Gates' child. And it kind of goes on from there, you know? They I have just, this journey. Obviously, there's like, they end up actually loving the kid. And I'm, I'm trying to think of a this, clever name for this that movie. This just sounds like so many movies it where people like have taken children of rich people for ransom. Yeah, yeah it's like Man on Fire. Okay. Um, Except Bill Gates and it's not in Mexico. <laughs> and it's a comedy, not like a serious <laughs> drama. They they end up really... How well, how much do they love this? Like, is it like a, it's a it, good what, love? Like, is the kid in on it? Is the is the kindergarten no. child like the the main? Uh, like, does it, they, are they loving this child appropriately? <laughs> Which I he's was, the one setting up. Sometimes the plan. I think of like who I would want to cast too. You know, like we call it 
The Gates to Love. The Gates to Love. Oh my gosh, that is a horrible name. No, you gotta take some. No, I think you can make it a stoner comedy and call it like the Gateway Drug or something like that. Ooh, okay. And 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 like, you know, the the kids, the kids end up like, or the the people who kidnap the kid, like they put them on the weed, you know. They start smoking and they kind of like go on this Pineapple Express adventure and they end up becoming friends and, um, you know, Bill they, Gates. They, they become like friends with the kindergarten me. child. Yeah, and then the they, have him, they have him smoke weed, yeah. <laughs> That's how but then he, they become his best friend and then they're just homies. Yeah, but it turns out they're imaginary. It never happened. Okay. It was a dream. I'm completely lost now. Are we, He's, he are lost we delving me. into the Matrix now? He lost me, like, at the stoner, the part where the kid starts getting high. Um, so you're saying the claw and the stool is a better idea? I don't think any of them are I think they're, to- they're terrible. I think, Shit. I think we're, we are at our wit's end with the, uh, the grabber. All right, well... I'll have to table it. I think maybe I have to do some more R and D. I'm not sure that I can get it off the ground, but I'll we'll, come up with something. Yeah, we'll figure something for it. Yeah, maybe not for that at all. What maybe if I started entirely. something else? So, like, you know, clearly down here in South Florida, you ain't shit unless you got gold fronts. You know what I mean? What's gold fronts? Oh, grills. Yeah. Okay. All right. We need to get them. The gold grills have to be more available, more readily available. Okay. So you want to start like a campaign for gold grills? 14 carat. 14 carat? Yeah. Okay. Gold grills for the youth. For the youth. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Grills for the youths. For the the youth. For the youth. For the youth. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I feel like that would just destroy. Or, like, Florida, even to, to the worst. You know what I would do, though, if it weren't um, something that Get would... grills? No, I would get the diamonds. Oh, yeah. You I see? have a grill. I, I know you have a I know you do. I really... That's the other thing I want to do with it's the second stimulus check. Though. The second stimulus check. Get a grill. How can I have lived in South Florida and not gotten a grill? Yeah. And he's like... So, no, I mean, I mean, at one second point, I get my stimulus check, dude, I'm buying a gold. When grill. we, when we, I first <laughs> met him, he was like intent on getting a grill. Yeah, we talked about it yeah. when you were down here. I yeah. executed it, but I, I would, <laughs> the only thing about they have like the ones where they can drill your teeth and put a yeah, diamond, put a diamond in. in. They also have the ones that you can like stick on it. Yeah, and they'll be there for like two years. Yeah. The thing about that though is brushing your teeth, all this stuff. It gets you're gonna it's get like a dot in, of yeah. yellow. Or yeah. like from on your teeth, but otherwise, I would so be into getting the tooth gems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gucci Mane's are pretty sick. They also cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Those are real gems. Those like, are teeth. Those are not real those are, teeth. Those are they're caps. fake no. teeth with gems built into. What are they? With, veneer what did he use? Like, like, yeah. Oh, jeez. With diamonds in the middle of them. Gucci, come on, man. I mean, they look fire. I'm not Gucci, even gonna lie. What are you doing? They do look cool. I'm not even Especially lie. They like, look so good. You smile in the sun, and it just like you know what I mean glistens. Oh, he does look good with those teeth. Okay, they're look at like, those pearly whites. They're My so white. There's something I've, I've always been Gucci changing. When you see what like, happened to old Gucci? 
a black person and they smile and their teeth are just so oh, white. Jealous. I'd say I know. Sick. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. It is. I, and it's not even, sometimes I feel like the contrast helps a lot, but sometimes I just tend to feel like even if you were to put their teeth next to mine, like without the skin tones, it would still be whiter. Oh, yeah. My teeth are disgusting. My teeth are disgusting. Yeah. I just. What are we doing, dude? I honestly don't know. I brush my teeth twice a day. Arm and Hammer, too. shout out, sponsorship one day. I like Arm and Hammer, yeah. What I whiten my, uh, my teeth, too. I need to whiten mine. I mean, it didn't really make a difference. But then again, I'm also smoking uh, mm-hmm. uh, copious amounts of nicotine. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I mean, that's something that I aspire to do is get, like, whiter yep. teeth. That's probably Just next don't give veneers. Yeah, Please don't his give are veneers. porcelain. I would give veneers. Oh, I, Jesus. Well, They're big. They look he should be wrapping No, about- but you don't have to get them big. They're fully customizable. So why does everybody that has veneers... They look big. This brings me back to the other point. That's what rappers do. None of them have good teeth. Uh, this Their is first in, this check. Is if you're paying $250,000, you want them bitches to be seen. I I prefer not. Who has fake teeth? I Young like, Thug. Uh, so I don't okay. like Buck Rich teeth. the Kid. Okay. Gucci Mane. They all go to Colombia and get fake teeth. For some <laughs> reason, that guy, they must have like. They got that Colombian plug. Yeah. They got that cocaine whiteness. Yeah. Cocaine white teeth. I don't like uh, like buck teeth, but I do like bigger teeth rather than smaller teeth. I, I just like normal teeth. What is normal? Yeah, you know people with like little chiclet teeth. Oh, that's so that's also weird. a phobia of mine. Yeah, I, I get very uncomfortable when I see their teeth, and they're very very small. Oh, it's that's, like it's how like, do you chew food? You know, it, I just crumble honestly. Yeah, it's weird. Also, the gum to teeth that's, ratio. That's what I'm is, saying. That's it's mm-hmm. just more. It's like 80 percent gum, 20 percent teeth. Right. So and like, it's just like baby teeth. I've never liked so how weird. small mine are. You don't have small but teeth. You have normal teeth. I used teeth. to smile. Thank God I never had braces, but I used to smile like third grade. Okay. Oh wow. No, that's all a, right. Yeah, that's. A I bad see smile. nothing but gums. Yep. Yeah. So I used to smile like all gums until my third grade photo came back and I saw what I looked like. And, and like, then okay. I started smiling like now yeah. I, I keep it here. It's yeah. like natural now to keep it there. Okay. But I definitely was that girl who would smile <laughs> and I have a lot of gum and I wanted bigger teeth. <laughs> I used to have a huge gap in my teeth. You get braces? I had braces, but then when I took the braces off, I still had the huge gap. And then mm. when I turned 25, my gap went away. It was weird. So I thought it was really funny. I used to grind my teeth a lot. And I think uh, I yeah. still do when I'm, like, stressed. Yeah. Um, and I had, like, a, a guard and everything for it. But I grinded so much that I had a split in my teeth, like mm-hmm. a gap. But then, like, when I started making better life decisions and I started getting a lot healthier, my – and I was, wasn't just as stressed. I stopped grinding as much, and they started just shifting back into place. Wow. I thought it was so funny. So my retainer doesn't even fit anymore that I was wow. supposed to sleep in because my teeth – it's the craziest thing. Interesting. I think mm. when we first started dating, I still had a little bit of the gap there. Yeah. And now it's, like, entirely gone. I yeah. used to grind my teeth a lot, but that was for uh, – other reasons. Yeah. 
Extracurriculars. <laughs> Extracurriculars. Yeah. yeah. Used to go ham. Um, I think I'd like to kind of end it on um, a more serious note. I mean, you know, these first original episodes, the prequel, prequel, prequel. How do you say it? Prequel? Prequel. 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 Off that NyQuil. That pre- yeah, right cool. before you that, take that, that knee. Cool. That, that NyQuil. You know that pre- that's prequel. Because it's the sequel. It's a sequel. It's the prequel. You crack that seal. That's, that's that, that prequel. Right that's some Tonys right there. Bro. Ooh. A little bit of Tonys, a little bit of prequel. No, but these original episodes that we're recording, like, they don't fit the idea of the show, you know? Like, The whole no known associates, not having friends. Like, I do have friends, but we're about to move, you know, and we're not going to know anybody. And so all the guests will be people that we don't know, if we even can get guests. I think uh, that would be interesting, though. I know. I do think that would be interesting. See, so but you're not looking at it. And I have no friends now. You have a 16, 17 year old. That sounds really weird. What? Dom. Dom. Oh. I mean, I make clothes with him. Future guest. And he's a homie. Dom's and like he's so definitely cute. a really good friend. I'll probably He also looks now. like he's like in his mid twenties. Yeah. But like you guys leaving, you guys were like pretty much my anchor. I know. Into coming here. I know. And That's this why well, listen, we uh definitely are gonna have uh guest bedrooms set up. So yep. run it. I'm I mean, I'm serious about yeah. making a visit. I mean Definitely. It's a quick plane ride. Is it like a two-hour ride or something like that? So, I mean, if you go out of Fort Lauderdale or, or Miami or something like that, you can probably get a direct right to. Uh, if you're going through PBI, you're probably going to stop in, like, Atlanta or something. But even then, it's, like, Sweet. an hour to Atlanta and then, like, an hour to Nashville. That's not bad. So. Yo, I'm going to say right now, you know, we talk about kind of manifesting things. Dude, if I could figure out some sort of, you know, if the claw thing doesn't work, Jeff Bezos' <laughs> wife doesn't invest. But if I could find some sort of way, I mean, my dream would be to have, like, some sort of creative space, you know? Yeah, Whether course. that's, like, a warehouse or just some sort of building where you could do, you know, 200, 300-cap show, whether that's a band or comedy show or art show. Yeah. Um, and have some office space where you could make clothing. Um, you could record a podcast. Uh, if that ever comes into fruition, dude, I definitely, like, you would be on top of the list. I'd want you there. Thank you. I mean, dude. That would be awesome. Like a warehouse. Yeah. <sighs> the outside is offices and rooms. Yeah. That really doesn't seem too unattainable. Yeah, it seems pretty obtainable. And it's just like a just totally collaborative, creative space, you know? Yeah. I think that would be so cool. And, like, I don't really know if there's tons of those. Um but, you know, I think, too, with, like, a podcast, it would tie in so well because you could do these shows, throw them on. Obviously, the people who are performing get paid, and then part of it, you know, they get to come on the podcast, promote their shit, um, and also have, yeah, I mean, create, yeah, obviously, like create collective. clothes, whether that's merch for the, for the people that are performing or whatever. But I think it's a great idea, and... and I would definitely want you to come and be involved. I mean, I know, like, where you're at, you're trying to, like, change what's going on and, like, move forward, and I'm super excited for you. Like, 
getting the car back, getting your own place, maybe moving into this place, which would be dope. That would be tight. Um, this place is It's nice. kind of funny because you live in my old room, and then now you'd be living in my <laughs> room again. Got um, the ghost of McCorkle just, like, all over. Well, he's got to know about the dishwasher and then... Oh, One. yeah, Manuel will take well, care of it. Manuel's got that. that. Manuel, dude, shout out Manuel. <laughs> uh, awesome landlord. Yeah, but... Seriously? Uh, yeah, I mean... um. I'm honestly going to be really sad to not, like, be in the same town as you, man. And what we didn't do last time when you left, when you went back to L.A., is, like, we didn't. We would talk and stuff, but not that much. And, like, I really want to make a point of, like, talking to you on a regular basis. And, like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I will say, like, coming back was something that I wasn't really, like, too keen on. Right. You know? Right. But you made it better. Um 110 percent uh literally coming to see me uh you know like bringing me like sewing stuff yeah always helping me out with stuff like obviously it's been it's been a ride and you know you're one of my best friends so i can't thank you enough i'm so grateful to have had both of you guys like in my life dude i'm super Aww. grateful for you and like you know i we had that text exchange recently that was like super gay and but like <laughs> I, I read that very what, what was the the text you two like you were just like i i love you so much man I oh, come on it. dude i love him ryan, i know yeah ryan's like i love you too and ryan's like to me like we're having like a super homo conversation but <laughs> it's okay no but i mean the seriously you were like i've talked about this on a previous recording with with other people but like when Dude, say I love you. Like, I feel so, normally feel so weird saying it, but, like, I genuinely do love you, and I would do anything to support you. And, like, you are truly talented in many different ways, in ways that, like, I have no experience with. Like, I'm not creative, you know? I mean, this is my creative pursuit, but, and I know what's happened with the fashion stuff, and, like, we were talking about before we started recording, like, these two people pulling out, that's a bummer, but, like... <laughs> whatever you know like yeah you still have the talent and like you're gonna get wherever you want to go man thank you and you're on that path already it's, it's just not like as easy of a road as you would have liked it's literally taking the necessary baby steps yeah and i you know crave instant gratification I yeah get to from a to b and i've kind of let go of that like drive and want to just take every little step that i have to get to that point of my dream career, you know, and you have been there to kind of, uh, you know, support me with that. You know, you've always had my back and that's something that is very rare nowadays is just full support and yeah. like love and like, yeah, dude, I, I obviously love you. There's, yeah, you know, that ain't a, like, that ain't something new. Um, yeah. It's, but the I'm, other shit, like, from that text message that I want to address is like you your perception and this is not reality is that like it's a one way thing like that I support you and that you don't support me back I mean you support me just as much man that's like, not true you do it's in different ways I mean the music for the podcast that I play every time we record created by you if I ever asked you to do something or I needed to talk or anything like that, I know you're there. Like, you 
help me create ideas. You were on board with this like endeavor from the start. And you're a genuine friend. Well, a hundred percent. And like that's what I want in life is yeah. friends. You know what I mean? Of course. I mean, it's literally like uh, everything that you give out to this world, like you get back and literally you have been giving it back tenfold for everything that you've done for me. So, I mean, this I is love, getting a little deep. But I love that I'm sandwiched between this. <laughs> You're part of this. You, no, you are part of this. I'm enjoying listening. I mean, it's just, it's like, I am so happy for you. You know, like when you first, when David kind of, you know, said, oh, like he's leaving, I was shocked. One, I was upset. I was angry because it was selfish for me to think like that. I was like, why is the only friend that I have here leaving? But then I thought I took a step back. And it's like, dude, you're you're literally starting your life again, right? And you're you're not not starting your life. You're making a new move into yeah. this world, and you're you're driven. You're motivated. You know everything. You've taken everything that that Florida has given, um, and you've absor- absorbed it and ab- absorbed, and absorbed. now you're transitioning into uh, a new life which is a new start of your your life and like yeah i'm so happy i'm proud um i'm grateful to have you as a friend and i just can't wait to see where all of this is gonna go you for know? sure man yeah and likewise like to see everything that's gonna go on with you and like you know i did not that I did my time in Florida. You like, did, you did I came here for a purpose. <laughs> I think I fulfilled that purpose. And, yeah. like, it turned into something greater than I could have ever expected from the start. Um, I met people like you and a couple other people that I genuinely connected with. I met this lovely lady sitting next to me um, who's going to be making the move with me. And, um, yeah, I experienced a lot of personal growth and and you know, you just reach a point where you kind of feel this calling and you try to decide, is this me being selfish or is this like the universe calling me to make this decision? Yeah. And for a while, the decision was like we were going to move to Philadelphia. Um, As of like last Christmas, we were kind of looking. I was talking to some of the people her family knows about potentially getting a job or finding some references or whatever. Um, We were trying to visualize it. And I obviously had selfish intentions. Like I wanted to move to Nashville because my family was going to be there. And I don't really know what it was or what day specifically, but um, the final thing that like made me feel comfortable with it is like Sierra had this moment of clarity or, or just like she felt the same thing and was like, we, we should go to Nashville. And I doubted it at first. I didn't think she really wanted to. And sometimes I still doubt, like, if she really wants to. Um, but it's honestly going to be an amazing new experience. And I think that's the big thing is that it's a new experience for both of us. And Nashville is just a super cool town, man. There's, like, a, especially... Up and coming and... Um, great music. Well, it's just funny. The first time we visited there, I was just like, there's no way. I'm moving here. It's just I wasn't about it. I'm not a country girl. I'm yeah. not 
I really am not a, a fan of country yeah. um, in any form. Um, but I kind of just like took the rose tinted glasses off when we were in Philadelphia. We're driving around and I'm like, like I've spent 21 years of my life here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here. I've done it. And like the only other place I've ever moved to in my life was down here to Florida where I feel like amazing things happened. Um, I met him. I really got an opportunity to get into the field that I work in, in hair. And um, kind of like you said, I feel like Florida, is. I've reached that point where I feel like I've taken what I need from it. Hopefully I've given along the way as well. But uh, Nashville is just a new experience for both of us. And at this point in my life, like I'm craving some adventure and some new stuff and and being near some family, um, possibly getting some roots. And like, I just look at it as like, if it doesn't work out, like we can pick up and move again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I mean, we probably will. Right. I mean, in my experience, like I've moved every few years and I think that at the time it's always like, Oh, like poor me or whatever. But I'm so thankful for all the times I've moved because I've met so many people that have impacted me deeply and like have helped me become, like the person I am today and like I continue to hope to have new experiences to evolve to meet people that are going to challenge me and and affect my life whether in a small way or a big way but what I'm you know mainly would like it to be known is that like my commitment is that we will stay connected and we'll still see each other and we'll still do things to support each other because in the past my experience And I think it plays into like why I feel like I have no friends is because I put an expectation on others to show up Mm -hmm. when I don't even show up myself. And then the relationships fizzle out and they become like distant memories. And um, like, I don't want that to continue to happen. I want to change the narrative and like stay connected with the people who've been there and Mm -hmm. like that I'm connected with. 100%. Yeah. And I'm very much the opposite. I've been in the same place stationed like my entire life. Like I said, this is my first time moving. So, I mean, for me, it's like a big leap to go to Nashville, but I did it once. I can do it again. I mean, ultimately, I would really like to be able to be closer to my parents and uh, my my siblings at some point, but whether that's them coming to us or I don't know, but I'm really not trying to think that far ahead. I think it'll just kind of all work out as as it goes. Yeah, live in the present moment. Yeah. You know, and then maybe you'll come move. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually Nashville's a nice place, but, but I think my next my next move is probably New York. New York? Yeah. yeah for sure. Oh my god, I would love maybe to. Maybe you get up to New York, York and then we'll keep moving exactly. up. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe exactly. I mean, there might be a lot of openings soon. It seems like people are rushing to get out of New York right now. Yeah, but I mean it's got a lot of uh a lot of clients for her hair. So you never no, know. Yeah. For sure. With that Oof. money, that Manhattan money. Yeah, that would be going right into my rent or the house that Straight we up. have. But, <laughs> uh, no. All right. Well, this was great, man. I'm glad that we were able to redo it. And I think having Sion added a lot to the show, if just something for people to look at instead of us <laughs> oh or these God. two ladies. Do they have names? They do have names, well, don't they? I put, I put they came K, with names. I put a K right here. Yeah, so you so. put our sunglasses on some of my mannequins here. Yep. Um, 
I don't know what these ones are named. I know like the very expensive ones. When I are... thought of this one, you know that song Becky by Plies? No. <laughs> oh, really? No, no. <laughs> oh, it's a great kind of um, tale <laughs> that Plies tells. Uh, I think it's something, um, basically the chorus is saying, give me that Becky. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that. And when he says, give me that Becky, he means he wants a white girl to suck his dick. Okay. That's that's messed up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I. but the big ones that I know, there's Selena. Um, okay. She's like a 200 and something dollar man again. Wow. Um, wow. Because her, it's all real hair, and it's like down she to is, here. She is a Selena. Yeah, Selena, Frida is like this curly-headed one, Frida. Frida. There's some like major uh, big ones I can't think of. Another one that started with an N. But no, uh, I think these ones, they all, like when you buy them, they have names, but. That's cute. Yeah. They're kind of terrifying, but that's okay. That's kind of weird. It was was quarantine. I bought them. I was seven weeks not doing any hair. I started balayaging. I started braiding. I started (laughs) updos. I'll take Frida. I'll take Becky. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take for, uh, La Fonda. Uh, I'll take all of them. All yeah. right, I think we're going to call it here. Yeah. That reminded me of Petey Pablo, Freakly. Shout out. Oh, my God. Freakly. Shaniqua. Leticia. Siobhan. Okay. Such a good one. We're losing our minds here. All right. Thank you. Love you, Neo. Love you. Love you, C. Love you guys. All right. Woo! Oh, what I'm thinking.